Hello, and welcome to Generation AI, the podcast where we demystify artificial intelligence in the world of higher education. I'm your host, Artis Kadu, joined by my insightful co-host, Dr. JC Bonilla. Hello, JC. Artis, I love when you call me doctor. How you doing, my friend? So good to see you. When was the last time you and I worked together? I in, we built something together. Six months ago, a year ago, two years ago? It's been over a year. Time flies by really fast. You left Element and now you're at Vayner Media. Vayner Media, my gosh. And for everybody who does not know us, Artis and I met each other, I don't know, a million years ago in the hallways of New York University. We both had this really weird, confusing, we're students, but also administrators, and you never leave that role ever. But then fast forward, we were chasing predictive modeling in applications of predictive modeling for enrollment management when things were being made one off per year, and they were selling for about $100,000. We never sold any of that nor pocketed that money because then fast forward maybe three years from that, and then that actually puts us two years ago, we were building these models twice the speed with gigantic data sets and in a way are free because they're embedded in a technology. And that was only two years ago then. Yes. It's like ages ago. It's mind-boggling how fast things have progressed. So everybody... Artis and I, your two co-hosts, technology enthusiast lovers, we must self-disclose, AI lovers and believers that technology abundance is a thing and the world will get better because technology and AI are here. Today, we have a very special episode. Artis, you took us to a 2023 review of sexy hot year of AI. Now, you and I are going to come and do a dance on 2024. What's going to happen with AI? Because artists, in 10, 15 seconds, what was 2023 in terms of AI? 2023, we saw the fastest acceleration of, of foundational technology production. Every company was producing large language models, image models, producing this generative AI models very, very quickly and building infrastructure around it. So we saw a huge acceleration of foundational AI technology being built and a lag in terms of societal adoption and what that means. So we're leaving 2023 behind, still not having a clear understanding of the impact of this to society and under understanding of how do we guard against the risks of AI. Of course, we're AI enthusiasts, so we feel like there's a lot more upside than downside going forward. So 2023, very, very fast acceleration of technology build. We couldn't keep up with how fast things and announcements from all over of the technology world they were introduced. And 2024, we don't know what it's bringing us. However, we have some clear connections that we can make that we're going to talk about today. And to that point, what we want to do is, as we look at the year 2024, we want to get ahead of it and bring our perspectives that really the all intersection of technology, education, marketing performance, and good old bourbon. And start thinking about the milestones that we see, forecast them to the future, and really start thinking about who the players are going to be and how we potentially benefit from it. 
Let's do it in about two parts because one of the things I like us to do is literally, we saw that in 2023, let's project out and a bit on part two, start thinking about our own personal perspectives in a way desires what's going to happen. So as you took us in episode two, artists, the battle of the LLMs, you introduce all these crazy names. Well, actually more like you repeated the crazy names. Llama, GPT-3, GPT-5, Bard, Gemini, the battle of the LLMs. And by the way, we didn't even get to mention the exciting things that happened with AWS. But the battle of the LLMs is real. What do you think is going to happen in 2024? Is it the year of Gemini? Is it that Gemini Google's technology? It's finally going to say, I am here. We've heard very little about Apple. Will they come and play? What do you think is going to happen with 2024 and the battle of the LLMs? When we look at 2024 from a consumer perspective and how we're looking at technology and kind of the impact of that technology to our day-to-day lives, both from a productivity, from a, a user experience perspective, teaching and learning, technology is going to accelerate and the adoption of this technology is going to become more structured and more mainstream. The battle of the LLMs, what I think is that we are now in a place where open source models like Llama 2 and the latest one from a French company and the LLM is called Mistral, they are approaching GPT-4, which is the king right now of large language models. They're approaching their foundational technology. So the reasoning capabilities, the production capabilities, you can now take something off the shelf and then you can run that on your own computer something that's as powerful as GPT-4, which less than a year ago was introduced to the world. And we don't even know how much it costs to train those models. We can now approach that technology and use it on our own computers. In 2024, we're going to see an acceleration of open source models. And the gap between this open source models is going to get closer and closer to where we are today in the capabilities. So both from a GPT-4 perspective, they're going to get capabilities that those models already have, things mm-hmm. like multimodality, like they're going to be able to uh, see, they're going to be able to, to hear, they're going to be able to create imagery, audio, video, all of those. So that's from the open source perspective. We're going to see more and more of them. From a trajectory in terms of closed source models, we're seeing the introduction of Google Gemini, which was their much anticipated model. Now that model is what's called multimodal by design from the ground up. So when you're training this, they're not necessarily just large language models, but they're just large models that see the world and they've been trained on video, images, text, audio. So they understand the world in many different aspects rather than just through text. There is different nuances that, for example, if I talk really low like this, and if I talk really high like this, that comes through and we perceive it. However, in text, that doesn't come through. Color, things like that, images and video. And there's these different components that you can interpret from content that in a different mode means something very different when you translate it into text. So we're going to now see the foundational models being introduced and playing a bigger a role in kind of this large language, well, we call them LLMs, but again, we're going to see that be more and more mainstream with Gemini being the first one 
that is from the ground up multimodal. So Artis, we will probably have an episode because we've been asked this question so much on just the battle of the LMs when we're going to go deeper. But let me ask you a question of perception, and I'm going to give you my answer with a story, right? We've referred to this LLM era as it feels like the battle of the browsers of the late 1990s, early 2000s, Mozilla, Netscape, and so on and so forth, right? And today, Google Chrome dominating search, Bing here and there, right? So today, LLM world... There's a dominant preference towards ChatGPT for being first entry, right? But the dominant design usually does not benefit the first entry. And Google, via Gemini, in what it just explained to us on multi-model, it's here. So it's 2024, the year, in your opinion, where one dominant technology comes in and displaces ChatGPT as the first entry, or do you think that's a 2025, 26, 20, the time in which this happens is so accelerated that in my opinion, what we experienced in 10 years in the past, now we're going to experience in a month. So my prediction in 2024, the dominant technology emerges, it may not be ChatGPT. What say you, my friend? <laughs> ChatGPT is a product at the end of the day. Like it's built on the GPT models, GPT-4 being the best one right now and GPT-4 with vision and right. audio or DALI. So it's essentially taking multiple models that are different models, and then it's saying, hey, when somebody asks about an image or when they think about generating an image, go use this model to do that. Or when somebody thinks about generating mm -hmm. some code, go ahead and use this model. So, so it's using a different architecture. My prediction, something that we're going to see, is going to be GPT 4.5 in Q1 of the year. So OpenAI is going to introduce GPT 4.5, which might be something that's a little bit more accelerated. There's a lot of rumors around this technology that they call Q-Star, which is a little bit more advanced, but they're not holding still. The whole Sam Altman drama happened because internally there was tension around potential uh, risks to the advanced technologies that they're building. The safety concerns. The safety concerns, right. We're going to see that happening in Q1. So whatever products that they were planning, we're going to see that 4.5. Now, it might just be GPT-5 that gets introduced middle of next year or even towards the end of next year. But 2024, we're going to see GPT-5, which is going to be much, much more capable than GPT-4. It's going to set a new standard for these models. It's going to be multimodal from the beginning, and it's probably going to have a lot better reasoning capabilities than we have today. So I don't think the, the king is going to be knocked off. I still think that OpenAI and GPT-5 or 4.5, depending on how we think about it, is going to be dominating 2024. Wow. Well, there you have it, everybody. GPT-5 dominating on Kadui camp, on Bonilla camp, a displacement, and I have my money on the big players, Google, AWS, Via, and Tropic, and see what happens there. Artists, let's move forward to a really interesting pressure point that this year, 2023, has opened up to us in commerce of AI that I foresee 2024 to be the year of. So when we think about LLMs and generative AI, you could say that it's easier to produce text, but the aspect of generation, and by the way, 
generating code totally caught me by surprise, but it's very easy to do that if you think about it. But the aspect of the generation of creative, what some people are t- saying, the year of the deep fakes, it's very, very interesting. Just recently, I had the opportunity to meet with the leadership at Meta, and the entire bet is that the creative is the new target. In social media world, the aspect of the creative cost, it's easier to do text, copyright, but to generate a visual, a video, a graphic takes time. And that problem now has been solved with generative AI. And it's the idea of the ecosystem adopting it and making it real. Because at the end of the day, as we think about a shift in social media and creation that you don't follow a kind of follower graph, but an interest graph. So artists and I are connected, sure. But really, the connection is not, it's mostly on nerdiness, right? As opposed to relationship. And that nerdiness, it's where relevance really stems. And ultimately, the guide of success is that the consumer decides the quality. Think about native creative in TikTok done in a phone that would cost 60 cents to produce versus a Super Bowl ad that would cost $80 million to produce. Generative AI does much better with that contextual creative TikTok hyperproductions, and then it puts pressure on how we think of creative. So artists, for you and I who are in that intersection of technology, but also marketing engagement, what do you think creative looks like next year? Is this the year where the creator now competes with a bot or an LLM that is able to generate generative AI at scale? Or are we punting that problem to a different year? I think 2024, you're absolutely right. We're going to see the creative world be, of course, accelerating the use of AI in their production capabilities. We're already seeing it with text editing on video. Now you can edit videos with just finding text and and kind of cutting words around. We're seeing that one of the best products that we use here at Element, and of course, um, I've been trying to use it for a while now, this editor called Descript, and it's flipped the idea of editing video and editing creative where I can load a video and I can very quickly go through the text and I can pull keywords. I can replace words with my own voice. So now I don't Mm -hmm. have to re-record it again. So that production capability is going to be embedded in our tools that we're using it day to day. Now to your point around consumerization or contextual creative, there's a lot to be said about the ability for us to create something that's on the moment and, and machines can do that a lot faster than we can. We don't have to go back and we don't have to think about a script or whatever. Now, if we have the right pipeline and the right tool in there, we can automate the creation process. I think we talked about in our last episode where News One was introduced the first news segment completely produced with generative AI. The host was AI generated, the news was AI generated, the B-roll was AI generated. So everything was AI generated. And we're seeing that happen over and over with articles and others. So the automation of production of content is going to absolutely be affected. And 2024 is going to be the year where AI content is going to be as good, if not better than what we can create as as humans. Of course, we can talk about it if that's a, a net positive or a net negative. I believe it's a net positive because it allows us to 
curate things more and and kind of output things that are higher quality and better and think about story and think about the relevance and and kind of the strategy rather than thinking about the actual production work itself exactly so now someone who is not creatively in tune but they're able to coordinate the whole campaign by using all of these different tools you're going to see more and more of the loan creator becoming a thing so it's 2023 was the year where generative ai put a dent on techs we expect 2024 to take that to the next level and yes. this idea of multimedia multi-channel manifestation of creative and content artists i would love for you to talk about your predictions and your perceptions on the following some of the 2024 inside outputs from accenture one of these big four in consultancy but specializing on technology it's this idea that the interface of generative AI, as we know it, right, with the people experience is going to take a subtlety of shifting again, and I'm going to explain what again means, into transactional technology to personal technology now being understood by technology. So one of the first times we saw this, it's with the emergence of kind of the phone in the kind of early 2000s. Academically, we spoke about this as what's called uh, hedonic technology. Technology was for productivity. I had an Excel sheet, I had a Lotus notebook, or I had a phone to make phone calls, to do documents, to balance a book. But then all of a sudden, I'm socializing on the internet, right? Facebook, MySpace emerges. I'm hearing my music in an iPhone. Technology presents an opportunity for pleasure, relaxation, and entertainment. So this new denomination, which essentially is saying 2024, is going to allow me to create a digital connection with technology for relevance. So I'll think about my parents and my parents understand technology as the stuff that pays the bills. Oh my gosh, how I book a ticket or literally how do I reset my password because I just need to get somewhere else. Very transactional. But now an 80 year old man, my dad, trying to understand, hey, is this medicine going to affect my stomach because I'm taking something for a heart and having that digital connection and maybe taking it deeper and deeper and deeper it's really an interesting and exciting things. And yeah. there's applications of chatbots that are actually going into my friend, the counselor type of generative AI. So love for you to talk about where do you see these happen in 2024, if any? I love to contemplate and actually not even contemplate, but predict that the future is conversational. Mm. When we talk about interactions with our technology is going to be conversational. And what I mean by conversational is not just chat or text that we have with our chatbots today. Conversational just means that just like I talk to JC, just like I talk to somebody that I know, we're going to have the same interaction with technology. It understands us. It's able to respond. It's able to process things. And we can ask it just like we would another person. And we now feel very comfortable with that. We are past that capability where technology before either was dumb, it, it didn't understand <laughs> us, or it, it, it tried to be very empathetic, but it couldn't do anything, right? So no matter how many times we ask it to give us the information for your dad, for example, just go ahead and give me information. Is this good or bad? 
it's not able to do that. So you can ask Alexa all you want about that, but he didn't have the skills or he didn't have the capability to understand that information, synthesize it, go outside, pull information from different sources. So that is what I mean by conversational. So our interactions with technology are going to be conversational. Every system that we interact with, I love that. we're going to have a conversation back and forth and not ask them for commands. It's not going to be command-driven or task-driven. It's conversational. And the modality can be text. It can be just like we're talking right now over audio. It can be over video if we want to show them something or images. So we're going to have this multimodal conversations with our technology just what comes to mind in terms of science fiction, which a lot of science fiction predicts the future, is the movie Her. Even some of the you know leading folks in AI say that that is a really good model of how to think about it, right? The movie Her is where a person has very deep connections with an AI assistant or girlfriend or however you want to think about it. So they have these very deep connections that they create. Of course, you can also think about it in the sense of Tony Stark and Jarvis, right. where AI is a co-pilot and it's a co-creator and something that has a lot of capabilities. We're probably going to see a combination of the two, or we're going to see different personas or different agents, the different personalities. When we want to talk to somebody who can create with us, we're going to talk to a creator bot. When we need to talk to somebody who we need to get some empathy from, we're going to talk to another bot, right? Just like we have different people in our lives that we interact with, it's going to be the same interactions. And no doubt that the prelude that we'd received this year with custom GPTs basically tells you that it's homemade as well. The do your own bot type of perspective. So the democratization of that is so real and it's exciting. I have one more prediction that I'd love for you to talk to about and I'm going to see it this way. And I don't really, for my prediction, I don't know what to say here. This is the kind of thing that it may be silent, it may make a difference. I alluded to the indominant designed first entry often doesn't win. We hear Google making a gigantic splash and noise on their opportunity space and where they're going in the roadmap of AI, generative AI. So I have one word for you. Apple. Are they entering? What happens with Apple in 2024? As probably the most valuable company, the most trusted company when it comes to data privacy and literally technology in a cult. What happens with Apple in AI in 2024? I'm an Apple fanboy, so... <laughs> All of us are. <laughs> so I have the Apple Watch, I have the iPhone, my MacBook Pro, so everything is, is kind of Apple branded. Uh, and of course, they produce the best products out there. They're a product company, they've always have been, and they're really, really good about the user experience and how they can produce technology that we can adopt in our day-to-day -day lives. Now, this large language models and this generative AI in the past year has been like the day-to-day -day consumer is not able to absorb that in their day-to-day -day lives, perhaps maybe through a bot like an Alexa or a Siri or something like that. But it's been more of a technology enthusiast world 2023. Apple comes to the place and they introduce spatial computing. So spatial computing with Vision Pro. They announced that the last year. Now, we just talked about multimodal models that yeah. are able to understand the world by looking at the world, by hearing it, by speaking about it. 
So now you connect a hardware company like Apple that they're able to produce really personal hardware, really personal computers. And you think about how can they introduce these large language models in the device? Privacy has always been their go-to approach. So how do you take something that right now runs in a data center somewhere and now bring it to the device? We're seeing it with Google introducing smaller models that they can run on the phone with Gemini, but Apple needs to run those models. And and we saw an introduction of some of their latest chips being able to run some of these models locally. So 2024, we see Apple bringing in those models to the device. So now you don't need to be connected to the internet. You can get really, really fast sub-second responses for voice. So you don't have to go back and forth over the internet. And now you're able to see the world, hear the world, interpret it, have an AI agent in your devices. So I truly believe that Apple has the foundational attention for us, which is all of these devices that we already are using, Mm -hmm. it just needs to bring that intelligence now to those devices. And it will be a huge missed opportunity if they don't do that. So I'm predicting with Vision Pro, that's going to be a platform for them to introduce more and more of this AI capabilities into it. My prediction for Apple is that they will be playing in the AI game the way they are right now but they're not known as a generative AI company per se, right? And just the way you spoke about the device spatial technology is that they're not known for spatial technology, but yet they find probably the best application of no screens, wearables and whatnot. So they will play, but it will not be a core capability and in strategic intent that they say we're pursuing in a way it's means to an end. And what is that end? To be basically a product company that continues to push the envelope, a darling of brand. If you want signaling, you want to demonstrate success, your Apple Watch, they're a brand. And as such, they will need to go deep in generative AI, but it's not going to be front and center. Correct. Artists, we're about to wrap this up and... To take our listeners home, we are educators, we represent technologists, and as such, we relate to AI from a productivity point of view in a really interesting way, right? My friend, what happens in AI in education or ed tech and how productivity or you, artists in productivity, come and evolve in 2024? There's three areas where AI can have a huge impact in in education and higher education specifically in the student experience, teaching and learning, Mm -hmm. which is related, right? The classroom technology and teaching and learning and productivity from a administrative capacity or how schools and and universities and colleges are delivering customer support, right? And, And how they're delivering marketing and how they're delivering these other things. So when you look at it from a student's experience perspective, 2024 is going to be the year where now chatbots are going to be everywhere you're going to have a chat bot or you're going to have an AI bot, a multi-channel AI bot that can talk over SMS, web chat, WhatsApp, email. So you're going to have this AI assistance 
that are alongside your communication technology that are communicating with that student. They have all the knowledge of the institutions. They're able to help that student in their application process, in their discovery process, in the academic advising process around what classes to pick, what's best for them. Mental health is going to be a big thing. So having these companion bots that are going to be talking to students and going to be part of it. And then in the classroom as well, we're going to see our first AI TAs or our first AI professors entering the market. Tutors. Tutors, right, exactly. So those personal tutors. So now the online education or the education in person completely changes and flips around. Rather than you providing someone with a a set of documents or slides or whatever it is, you have a conversation about the topics but that person, now you leave them with a custom GPT or a custom AI, they can interact and get the information out of it. It can do testing. It can do all the things that you want, but you're producing that as part of your class. You're, you're delivering to that student an experience that is specific to that particular class. So that's how things are changing in the education world. And, and every organization is going to benefit Every school, every institution is going to benefit from it tremendously because as we know, higher education is where where attrition is the largest in, in in any industry, maybe besides healthcare. Actually, you can kind of compete with that. So we're losing talent really, really fast, right? And we we can't replace that talent, both from a teaching professorship and also from administrative, like student support services. Like we are losing that talent very fast. So AI is going to be a huge impact in those areas for making a better student experience all around in the classroom and in support and customer service. I would just expand to the penetration of AI on basically curricular design, specifically as it relates to assessment. I really hope that the TA companions expand faster. I'm a little bit skeptical that faculty members like me fully adapt it. But the biggest promise that I see is that when we start looking at the in-class experience, the assessment is dictated, produced by bots or interactability from a chat GPT or whatever you're going to use BART. And it really produces the exam, the quiz, the assignment, and maybe becomes the grader because now you have that and you have that full orchestration. So I'm really expecting that to take place. And the second front that I've taken outside the classroom experience, understanding the retention and admissions, we will call that yield to melt. There's all these checklist kind of procedural things that need to happen. And I could see how very quickly these companions just basically become that multi-model, whether you want it on text, you want it and it's fully contextual, fully personalized, and they're available, let's say, January 1st. So I will really see how all of a sudden the information session, the summer institute, and the, I don't know, honors class all starts and onboard students using some type of these technologies. Artis, the productivity hack for the year. Mine is basically training my personal deployment of a generative AI in my voice. I really find that I constantly get what I need, but the prompt is not fully codified in my techniques and whatever. So just literally making sure that when I write something that, by the way, it takes me forever, and now I get it via generative AI, it sounds like me and it would be me, right? Because it's still not there. 
And it's just a matter of me putting in the time. So really thinking that 2024 is the year where us in productivity, we find for in the tone or in the voice of, and that's basically us. So really where I'm looking to go. And I think the productivity hack for the year. What about you? GPTs are certainly going to be a really easy way, but of course, other bots as well, or other bot technologies. You think about po.com, that's another place or technology where you can create these custom bots. Now, for my prediction, as we look at productivity, I think, and I'm seeing, and we're actually working towards bringing the advanced capabilities of ChatGPT or GPT-4 or these large models into the tools that we're using every single day. So rather than you or that AI, you training it to to talk like JC, now we're taking that AI and saying, okay, we're bringing it to your email, we're bringing it to your CRM, we're bringing it so it actually understands and talks like, let's say, your brand guidelines of VaynerMedia or Wake Tech University or something like that. So it's essentially producing content within your current environments and tools that you already are. It's using that data to train and to come up with how to produce more like JC, for example. So that's what I see as the productivity hack is just use more tools, right? Just look at the better tools that are out there and just just try them out, see how you can incorporate them into your daily workflow, knowing that they're going to change and they're going to be updated. Personally, I'm going to try to focus a lot more on producing audio-based content and more video-based content and focus on the automation of AI, right? How can I automate? Exactly. How, how can I automate and put together two or three different processes that I have into now automating all of those with AI being part of two or three of those pieces in there. So automation in AI and putting pieces together, it's going to be really, really key. So how can we take this podcast, transcribe it, pull out clips, translate it into different languages, and now post it in a matter of minutes just by using these workflows and these productivity hacks through AI? But make sure that it sounds like JC with his dumb, stupid jokes. Friends, what a great 2023. And for those of you who have been listening to 2024 predictions, I hope you enjoy them. Wishing you a 2024. And if you catch this podcast in 2024, maybe half of this is already in existence. So thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. 